where you find a joyful feeling? Own it. Take it. Because life will come at you. I can't stop life coming at you, but I can give you the tools to take off the armour and to start being life ready, to start feeling that joy and that connection and that love really in your heart rather than on a surface level. Hello friends and thank you for joining me for the Way Forward podcast brought to you by me, Fliss Goldsmith and Co-Design Coaching, where we create your optimal life together. Oh, today is Valentine's Day, so of course I'm going to talk to you about love, but I'm acknowledging the big pink fluffy elephant in the room. And if you've actually got a big pink fluffy elephant in the room, I want you to invite me around for coffee, please. No, I'm talking about love in terms of the love of ourselves. And now I know that just hearing me say that is going to land in one of a few ways, depending on who is listening. Some might think, Oh, that's really icky, Fliss. Please do not head off down some woo-woo path that I cannot bear to skip down today. Or you might think, I thought she was British. We don't talk about loving ourselves. That's utterly selfish, total poppycock. Or perhaps hearing the word self-love makes you feel a bit deflated. I mean, how can I love myself when there is so much I just wish was different? And a teeny, tiny proportion of you will think, yes, finally, somebody on my wavelength. This is the key to a fulfilled life. So my aim is to take the listeners in categories one to three some way towards category four by the end of the podcast. That's my challenge. Let's see if I manage it. I think a really good place to start is to examine all of the ways in which we currently deny ourselves love. And here's a few examples of things that I've noticed in others, but also in myself and I've had shared with me through client journeys. Our self-talk. So we're often very critical with ourselves. We're over-analytical. Sometimes we're even scathing. We can be dismissive or unforgiving. Just think about the last time you talked to yourself about a situation. Did you say, "Ah, that didn't quite go well, but you know what, you did the best with what you'd got and we can learn from that? Or did you go, well, that was just ridiculous. I mean, are you stupid? How could you get that wrong? What on earth were you thinking saying that? Why do you just not bother? Yeah, have a think about that because... I know that I am guilty of talking to myself in a way that I would never, ever talk to somebody that I loved and adored. And, you know, that is the key. We need to talk to ourselves in a way that we would talk to the people we love the most. Our partners, our children, our friends, our family, our pets, people anything, anybody that we love. And think of yourself in those terms. And think of that as a way to talk to yourself kindly. Change your self-talk. 
The next area where I think we deny ourselves love is where we are in the pecking order in our family or our social units, wherever we are, wherever we belong. Do we put ourselves first? I mean, really, do we? Because I think we're living in a time where we are consistently last in the queue. Our needs are last to be met. And yes, there are times when that needs to happen, but not all of the time. Actually, if it's happening all of the time, it's really unhealthy. It becomes a martyrdom and it comes from a place of good intentions. We do it because we think it's selfless and that if we're always putting others' needs in front of ours, that is the right thing to do. Um, But really, actually, all we're doing is depleting ourselves. We're denying our needs, our rest, our nutrition, our connection, And all we're doing is depleting ourselves so that actually we can't show up fully. We can't show up authentically. We can't show up with any strength or nourishment for those that we love because we don't have any ourselves. So actually, we need to show ourselves that compassion. We need to show ourselves that love. And we need to say, do you know what? Today, I need to rest. I would love to take the kids to the park but you know we've already been once this week and we've already done some baking together or we've made something together and I'm really tired and if I go to the park I will be ratty with them and then they will fall out and it will just not go well actually I'm going to stay home and next time we'll do that but I'm going to address my needs I'm going to put myself first this time because I love myself, because I have that compassion for myself. People pleasing. I'm going to repeat that. People pleasing. This is the number one thing that clients come to me with is a problem with people pleasing. It is endemic. I'm going to go further. It's pandemic level. Um, I'm I'm struggling to meet somebody who doesn't have issues with people pleasing. And again, it comes from a place of goodness. We want to make others happy. We want people to be joyful. We want their lives to be easeful. But we're doing it at the expense of our joy, of our connection, of our easeful living. And so actually, we're not serving anybody because then we're turning up um, irritable and anxious and stressed and tired. So we're not good company. We're not good connection. We're not supportive friends. We're not loving partners. So people-pleasing actually isn't helpful because it comes from a place of lack. It comes from a place of wanting everybody else to be okay at the expense of ourselves. And The remedy to that is very, very similar to what I just talked about in terms of putting yourself first, but it goes deeper than that. And I'm going to come on to that in a moment. Boundary holding. Hands up if you find it difficult to hold a boundary. And for those of you who aren't familiar with boundaries, a very simple definition offered up by uh, Brené Brown, whose work I take a lot of inspiration from, um, is boundary is basically what is okay and what is not okay. 
and the boundary is the line. So when you're thinking about how people treat you, it's your code for what you'll allow them to do and what is not okay for them to do. But what often happens is we don't have a clear idea of our boundaries. And so we let people treat us in any way they feel like. And that is not congruent with who we are as a person, which is why we get upset, which is why we get stressed and frustrated and is why we get angry and sad with situations because we don't know the boundary. And if we don't know it, we can't hold it. And if we, even if we do know it, often it's not a strong boundary and we will let people just dance all over it. And then we become the victim of our own self-betrayal. So boundary holding. And again, I'm going to go deeper into that in a minute. And the final thing on the list of where we deny ourselves self-love and self-compassion is the way we treat ourselves. And when I say treat, I mean that in the very sense of the word. Do you treat yourself? Do you ever go out for coffee with yourself? Do you ever buy yourself a beautiful candle just because you love it? Do you take a break in the day from doing your household chores just to sit down and read a magazine you love or listen to an amazing podcast by Fliss Goldsmith. No, I'm kidding. But yes, you know, you get the drift. Doing something that pours into your cup, excuse the analogy, but it's a really good one. Um, Doing things just for you, for the sake of it. You know, remember when you were a kid, you just did things for the sake of it because you felt like it. And I know, I know adulthood means that we can't just, you know, on a whim, go doing things that, you know, we want to do. We can't go down to the stream and throw sticks into it and build dens and climb trees because we feel like it. But there are times where we have got time and we could go and build that den if we wanted Or we could do the equivalent that we wanted, whether that is to take a bath, to go for a walk, to read a magazine, to make a delicious, delicious cup of tea with our best tea bags in our most gorgeous cups and eat a scrumptious piece of cake or fruit or whatever it is that is going to make you feel fabulous. But we don't. We just don't. But why? Why don't we deserve that? Well, actually, I know why. And that is exactly what I'm going to go into now because it underpins all of the things that I've just talked about. All of the areas where we deny ourselves love and compassion are rooted in a sense of unworthiness. We think that we are not worthy of that. Think about that sense of unworthiness. And it manifests in a very, very clear way not enough. I am not enough. I am not thin enough, rich enough, powerful enough, clever enough, fit enough, brave enough. You could put anything in there. It just goes on and on. And sometimes it plays out in a different wording. I should be more thin, rich, powerful, clever, fit, brave, whatever. But this is the same sentiment. It just flipped. It's just looking at it from the other side. And it comes from a place of lack, a place of scarcity, and a place of fear that we are not worthy, that we are not enough. So how do we start to move out of this space? How do we move to a place of worthiness, enoughness, and maybe even 
abundance. Three very simple yet powerful, powerful concepts. Vulnerability, connection, and a joy mindset. I'm going to go into each of these now just to give you an idea of what I mean by that because if you can access those three areas fully, you will start to believe you are worth it. You will start to feel enough. And I mean really feel that, not just, you know, hashtag worth it on a mug. That's the sticking plaster. And I'm not about that on here. I'm about empowerment. I want to give you the tools. I want to start you on your journey of believing that you're beautiful, kind, relevant, interesting self is worthy of love and compassion from yourself and others. Being vulnerable is terrifying because being vulnerable asks us to do the work. We have to take a look at who we are and and really how many people can say they've got a clear understanding of who they are right now? How many of us know our core values? How many of us know those boundaries and how to hold them? Hmm? Think about it. We don't really. Because life, adulthood, it's it's just taken over from us knowing who we are. And we've got lost. So we need to do the work. We need to go back to basics. And we need to work on who we are with self-reflection, with understanding, digging deep under the layers that have been added onto us. Because when we do this work, when we really start to find out who we are, we become authentic. And when we're authentic, we are taking off the armour we've shrouded ourselves with. Because over the years, we've added bits of armour to protect ourselves as defence mechanisms out of fear. And it's time to stop hiding behind our defence mechanisms take away the fear and to stand in all honesty with the people that we love, even though we know we might be hurt or rejected or things may not work out. I'll give you a really good example. One of the biggest pieces of armour that a lot of people carry is perfectionism. So perfectionism masks itself as somebody who wants to do really well and is driven to achieve and, and that's a good thing. But in reality, that's not what it's about. That's not what it's about. Because that would suggest it's about what that person wants. But perfectionism is about what will others think? What will they think of me if I don't get that grade? What will they think of me if I, if I don't get promoted? What will they think of me if I go out in this outfit? Perfectionism is about what others think, not what you want. And until we can do the self-reflection to understand that, we can never take off that piece of armour. And that piece of armour stops us being who we really are. It stops us connecting with other people. It is a barrier in between. We need to disrobe ourselves of this cloying armour in order to be authentic, in order to be vulnerable, to make those connections, to find that joy. It's vital that we prioritise ourselves enough to do the work that will let us love ourselves. Because when we do that, that's where we come to connection. This is where we start to connect with ourselves. 
to remember or even to discover for the first time who we really are and what we want from this one precious life. If we can wholly connect to ourselves with a wholehearted approach, then this is the only way we are ever going to build true connection with anybody else. So that final layer that I talked about is having a joy mindset. And again, some people are probably recoiling or cringing. But let me tell you this. Joy and happiness are often used interchangeably, but they should not be. Happiness. Happiness is a beautiful but fleeting emotion. That's natural. It flows in and out of our life based on situation, on time, on people. Joy is different. Joy is a mindset. And joy is a mindset that can be with you regardless of what is happening. Regardless of who you're with. Regardless of where you are. Joy can be found in the tiniest moment on the worst of days. Joy needs to be understood, planted, nourished and cultivated. And then it can thrive in our authentic self. We do this through gratitude or appreciation. What can you find in your world that you're truly grateful for? What do you appreciate? What even in the worst of days, in the shitstorm of life, can you point to and say, do you know what I'm grateful for, X, Y, Z? Because there will be something, no matter how small, there will be the tiniest thing that you can find. A kind comment. A smell a sound, a person, an object, an idea. There will be something. And when we notice these things, we notice more things start to show up. And this is where that mindset of appreciation, that mindset of joy begins. And it's honestly one of the biggest light bulb moments of my life to date in practice with my clients, but also with myself. And it takes practice. You don't just wake up one day and it's done. It's a continuous cultivation of a joy mindset, but it will serve you more powerfully than anything else I can possibly imagine or anything else that I can recommend to you. It's why I stepped back and took the time to create a specific package of one-to-one work, which I call the joy mindset, because it literally transforms lives. It transforms lives. And the results that I have seen with clients have blown me away and have absolutely changed the game for them. Now, with these three puzzle pieces in place, we're in a space where self-love, self-compassion and self-kindness can begin to grow and bloom. And the fruits of self-love is not selfish, entitled and greedy people, but selfless, empowered, giving people who've got improved relationships with others, from work to romance, kids, siblings, friends. Every relationship is strengthened and more authentic because of self-love and self-compassion. So what's the result? Because come on, Fliss, we all want to know why. Why do it? Why do it? We need need an end result here. I hear you. We're all human. Easeful living. Less pushback. Less stress. Less angst. More presence. 
feeling calm, feeling grounded, maximizing your life, living optimally, squeezing the joy out of every single day, regardless of what life brings you. Knowing that you will step into a world of opportunity that you did not even know existed before. And I'm not talking about this in some kind of mystical way. You literally step into a new world of opportunity and your life skyrockets. It skyrockets. So let me give you some empowering tips of what you can do today to start the connection, to start the vulnerability and to start that joy mindset that will bring you one step closer to the self-love, self-compassion and kindness that you utterly deserve. One, talk to yourself like you talk to somebody you love. Next time you find yourself scathing or critical or over-analytical in your self-talk, I want you to say out loud, stop. Stop it. Take a pause and then say something else to yourself about the situation, but in a kinder way. Number two, reach out to those that you love with honesty. So think about the people you love the most and connect with them as your authentic self. Stop defending things. Stop fearing things. Show up and show up with honesty and vulnerability. And know that it is okay to say no with love. You can decline an invitation with love. Thanks so much for inviting me to the drinks on Friday. I'm not feeling like I've got the energy or the capacity to do it this week. I'd love to come another time, have a brilliant time and, you know, send me a photo. You can say no with kindness. Oh, um, thanks very much um, for the invitation to the wedding. I'm afraid that I'm not free that weekend. Um, it is so kind of you, but this is something that I cannot move. And I know that you'll understand um, that I, you know, I'm, I'm declining with complete love and wish you the best day. You know, you're declining a wedding invitation, but you can do that with love and compassion. And number three, do something completely unnecessary for yourself for the sake of it. Go out for coffee on your own, to a coffee shop you love, buy a drink that you've always wanted to try, treat yourself to something nice to eat watch people go by. Go to the cinema on your own. Watch a film because you want to. Carve out 20 minutes to go for a walk in the fresh air. Put your phone down and just soak in what's out there. Just do it for the sake of it. There doesn't have to be an altruistic reason. You don't have to be doing it for somebody else or to show or to compare that you are doing it. You are literally doing it because it brings you joy. And find gratitude in the tiniest, tiniest moments. Note them down, pop them in a journal, record a voice note on your phone and come back to them. Cut out pictures, make a board, whatever works for you, if you're audio, if you're visual, if you like to, you know, textures, you could cut pieces of material out, anything where you find a joyful feeling, own it, take it, 
because life will come at you. I can't stop life coming at you, but I can give you the tools to take off the armour and to start being life ready, to start feeling that joy and that connection and that love really in your heart rather than on a surface level. So, how do we feel now? If you are in category one to three of being a little bit icky or affronted or deflated by the idea of self-love, have I moved you towards the, yeah, yes, yes, okay, I'm going to give it a go, or at least a little closer? Can you at least see the door? Because I truly hope so. I truly hope so, because my lovely, lovely Valentines know this. You deserve to be loved. You are enough. You are worthy of love. And that starts with you showing yourself some compassion and getting to know yourself again. Love yourself. Know yourself. And I want you to give some of these tips a go and let me know. Let me know what works or if it doesn't work. I love to hear from my co-design community. You are my people. You are why I do what I do. So head on over. I'm on socials. You know, I'm on Facebook at co-design with Fliss. Uh, That's Facebook. I'm at co-design with Fliss on Instagram. Um, You can email me hello at flissgoldsmith.com. And if you're new here, you are so welcome. This is not a one-way street. This is a conversation. This is a connection. So come back to me. Talk to me. Let me know how you're feeling. Let me know what you need and what's happening. And for those of you who are listening to this and are just like, do you know what? Yes, this is the this is the moment I'm going to prioritize myself and access that world I did not know existed. I'm done scratching the surface. I want to step through that portal from ordinary to optimal. I want to find out how incredible life feels when you do the work on yourself. Let's talk about some one-to-one sessions. Let's talk about that joy mindset package because a life of ease and abundance is within your reach. I so look forward to connecting and planning our journey together. Thank you so much for listening. Now we know more about self-compassion. Now we know more about self-love. And I love you too. And now we know the way forward.